Oh, here we are, smack dab in the spooky season. Chink a chink, smell my foot. And things are so spooky, I can't stand it. But did you also know it's the season of home buying? What? Yes, it's a total total seller's market right now. So um, I'm announcing today on the show that we're looking to sell our house in Chicago and move to beautiful Santa Cruz. Isn't oh. that crazy? Oh, thanks for telling me. Yeah, sorry. I've been secretly working with a broker out there. Oh. Her name's Karen. She's great. You're going to like her. That's nice. But it it fits because that's where today's movie was filmed, Santa Cruz. Only in the movie they call it uh, Santa Carla. Um, actually, hang on, my phone's vibrating. Uh, yep, looks like I got a voicemail from Karen. Um, I think she's found a house. We're gonna like let's let's listen to the voicemail together. Okay. Okay. Yes. Hi. Hello. It is your broker, Karen. Thank you. I have found What's for you the perfect so? house, and you are going to love it. I will now tell you about it. You're going to love it. This Golden Gate Villa sits perfectly perched in the iconic Beach Hill neighborhood above the Santa Cruz Beach boardwalk overlooking the Monterey Bay coastline and out across Uh the city lights and sunsets over downtown Santa Cruz, which is famous for its beaches, surf culture, Mm -hmm. and vampire activity. Designed by Thomas Welsh in Queen Anne Victorian style and built in 1891. Much of its original character is preserved to this day, and only a few bloodstains are left from the last vampire attack. Uh, One of the rooms is modeled after the Palace of Versailles with a pure onyx-faced fireplace and gold-plated chandelier with plenty of room for vampire sex orgies. There are 20 museum-grade Tiffany-quality stained-glass windows throughout the house along with much attention to intricate details like nice high windows for vampires Uh, to fly through uh, on their way home from sucking blood at (laughs) night. The home was originally originally designed as a single-family home for familiars who have been turned into hellish beasts of the night and could be turned back into its original layout as a non-vampire home with a formal living room, ballroom, billiards room, dining room, and kitchen on the main level with bedrooms on the second floor, a third-story penthouse overlooking the ocean in the city, and a guest carriage house with workshop storage and a vampire torture dungeon. It is only $5 million, and you most likely won't get eaten by vampires for at least a month after you move in. Let's go look at it. Call me back, okay? Please excuse me now. I must go show a vacant cave to a bunch of horny teenage vampires. Call me back. This is Karen. Horny teenagers. I don't trust them. I don't trust him, Karen. Be careful. Don't get your neck your neck bit. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could summon you. All the damn vampires. Welcome to my 
candy. I always want candy. Just, just give me some candy. I always want candy. Ooh, 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 ah, 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 We've got all the jokers for you on Spookums Edition 2021, Part 2, Son of Spookums. I don't know. I don't. It's great to be with you. Yes, hi, hello. hello. Welcome to hi. Cruel to Rewind, the world's greatest underground Chicago-based movie podcast. What does that mean? You always say that. I'm Jeff. I'm Angie. And I'm hungover after our beautiful, wonderful anniversary celebration last night uh shout out to the loyalist still the best burger in town and we will be back for more burgers you betcha it was a fantastic anniversary dinner (laughs) (laughs) yes i want it all the time it's a great (laughs) burger that's why i'll never leave chicago because it's just it's 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 artisan junk food as far as the eye can see So many burgers to eat, such little time. I know, I know. But we're not here to talk about burgers. Um, This is Cruel to Rewind Spookums Edition. If you joined us last year, you know that we like to keep things spooky all October long. It's like somebody going boo. Ah. It is much like that. Um, I think we're going to pass on that Golden Gate Villa in Santa Cruz. There's just too much vampire activity for my liking. I mean... I don't I don't think we really need a vampire sex dungeon. No. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah. I don't think it's on the list of requirements, so let's keep looking. No, we're conservative in that way, but <laughs> I yeah, I don't want to get my blood sucked. Um I'm just I'm scared. And I hope Karen's okay. I haven't heard from her since. That voicemail. Uh what's going on? We've been getting into the spooky season since September 1st. We've watched a lot of spooky content. Yeah, I think <laughs> doing this sh- this edition last year and just the, the various Halloween movies that you have shared with me over the years and vice versa. I've only brought a couple to the table, but they're still, you know, reoccurring mm-hmm. standards. Yeah. But I realized that there's so, so many Halloween spooky movies that I need to see. So this yeah. year we started in September. We've watched so many so far, and it is um, October 3rd. I know. <laughs> uh, mean Girls Day. Is that right? Yeah. Mean Girls Day? Mm-hmm. God, Karen, you are so stupid. I don't particularly like gore or just suffering in general. So it it kind of, it's kept me from watching a lot of these scary movies. Yeah. But like, we got to catch up. We got to see some of these Major heavy hitters. A lot of them are, I don't know if just my tolerance has gotten higher, but they're not as scary and as gory as I always envisioned they would be. So it's opening up a whole new world for me, and it's super fun. I know. You think everything's going to be like hostile or uh, saw, but it's not all all dripping with viscera Mm -mm. at all. You know, from from top to bottom. Tonight, prepare yourself for a night of spooks and scares. So we've been catching up on our Halloween watching. We we watched uh, Halloween H two O twenty years later, uh, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, and LL Cool J. And 
man, I really think we should do this for a future Spookums edition because I, I, it it dawned on me that it's the first horror movie I ever saw in the theater. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I that, think mine was either the Texas. I think we talked about this last yeah. week. Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. That's right. Or the Ring. One of those. Mm-hmm. So. Um. That. So yeah. H two O. That was a blast to watch. It's very nineties. The decapitation scene is satisfying as hell. We rewound it at least four times. And see, even things like that that should be really gory, we kind of noticed the chopping of the head is a little gory, but then you see the body. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. Whoops. But you see yeah. the body and it's so clearly like it looks like a mannequin. <laughs> it looks like one of those. Have you ever made a scarecrow to put in your front yard? Was that ever something you did as a kid where you like stuffed clothes with newspapers? You could feel yes. that body like felt like something that you made for your front yard. Mm-hmm. So even when it was supposed to be gory, it's still a little funny. Even yeah. though it's not, I don't think it was trying to be funny, but it was. That reminds me. My uh, childhood friend Andrew and I made a very violent uh, film for school that was nonsensical and involved a TV repairman being beaten by a policeman. Oh, all right. <laughs> and for the beating scene, we did. Jesus s- Christ! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it would get us uh, canceled today if anyone ever saw it. Oh man. Um, but we stuffed a dumb, uh, we stuffed yeah. clothes full of newspaper for yep. the beating scene. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great story. <laughs> I love that story. Here, that's interesting. Of course, it's gibberish, but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Um, but yeah, H2O, LL Cool J is 90% of what I remember about this film. And I, I think I think there's a lot to unpack and talk about. So maybe we'll do that next year. And I, we've talked about a few 90s dream hunks over the course of our 50 episodes. Always, yeah. And we've never talked about uh, what's his name, Josh, Josh Hartnett, Hartnett, who was real big at this time. Like, I want to dig into what stuff maybe he was up for that other guys got at the time, and mm-hmm. just because it was right at like Dawson's Creek time. So, I'm just curious. I think that would be a fun research project, maybe for Tony Baloney. Absolutely. We'll, we'll set our research czar loose on that. Uh, Josh Hartnett with the asymmetrical, like David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust haircut. We could spend 30 minutes on the haircut alone. That, that was bizarre. That I don't was know what really I was looking at. I don't remember that haircut in it, the 90s. It's like somebody got a normal haircut and then they grabbed his scalp and twisted it 90 degrees. <laughs> so the front's on the side and the side's on the front. Whoa. And the hot side's hot and the cool side's cool. What do you mean? <laughs> Um, we also watched Alien, which is considered by many, this is an oversimplification, but considered by many Halloween in space. Um, that's actually how I pitched it to you before we put it on. Yeah. Which is sort of underselling it, but, um, I mean, it was, I was on board and I was like, yeah, we'll watch it. And I admit the first hour I was a little bored, right? but also I think we watched it after being out and doing things. So I was just a little sleepy. Yeah. But we picked it up last night for the second half, and boy, did it deliver. I think this is one of the best looking movies I can think of in terms of set design. Really? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to use a film snob term in terms of mise en scene. Um, What do you mean? Yeah, I'll tell you what I mean. 
it means uh, it's a term that comprises a few elements, but uh, it's more or less the design and composition of what you're seeing on screen. It's the totality of what uh-huh. you're seeing, how okay. it looks, how it's arranged. Uh, for example, The Shining, I think people mm-hmm. think it's one of the best examples Beautiful. of mise-en-scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say it French, but it's just fun to say it French. That's French, baby. That's French, baby. Uh, I would also put this up there with Hustle and Flow as a contender for the sweatiest movie of all time. Yeah, there a lot of times I was it it looked like they just got in from the rain. Yeah. Like maybe they hadn't figured out that synthetic sweat stuff yet mm-hmm. or something. But it was just very wet. Yeah. Wetter than most sweaty movies. But just Basically, when they respond to the distress signal and find the alien eggs and see that bizarre creature with its chest blown out, I've never seen anything like that. It's just a practical effects and set design feast for the eyes. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's still, even after all this time, I I don't remember seeing robots depicted or um, what's yeah. another word for a robot? Um, like an android. An android. Replicant. Dep- depicted like this where they're they're bleeding milk and milk was a bad choice i love it it's spookum's edition we're ramping up to halloween what do you think about when you think about halloween inside this room all of my dreams become realities and some of my realities become dreams who wants an everlasting gobstopper I think it's time for Angie's Spooky Halloween Candy Taste Test Kitchen. (laughs) I mean, it's not Halloween if we don't talk about candies. Give it to me now. And I love candies. You do, more than anyone I've ever known. Don't you know what happens at Halloween? Yeah, we get candy. It is, you know what's fun is that we just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. And the gift for six years is either iron, I think, or candy, depending on which list you find. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. always a few different things. So clearly, so, we celebrated with candy. So I unwrapped a bunch of Starbursts, put them in a skillet, and just handed it to you. Mm-hmm. And you said, I hate this. Yeah. It was the worst. But I realized, so I was thinking about my favorite candies. There's the standbys, you know, the Kit Kats, the Reese's, peanut butter cups, et cetera. Starburst, Skittles, standards. I was thinking about the candy that, like, is most love. You, you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. And what first came to mind is candy corn. I mean, you love it, you hate it. I feel like if people like candy corn, they're also the people who like, you know, circus peanuts. Yeah. If you don't like candy uh. corn, you like... You know, butter mints. <laughs> if you don't like candy corn, you like you like nerds and Skittles. If, and right. If you don't more yes. of the standard, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's this interesting candy. But it's just you go to the I was at the drugstore candy aisle with Halloween candy, all the different kinds. And then there's this huge section where all of the little racks where you hang up bags of candy. It was like five rows across, five rows down. All candy corn. I'm like, who <laughs> is buying all this candy corn? It was just ever, the plain standard candy corn. Yeah. And it was just so bizarre that that was the one that was just like featured so heavily. I don't know if it's just because it feels so Halloween, even though 
Like, do people use it for decoration as opposed to eating it? I don't know. But I realized when I was looking around, there were all these different flavors of candy corn that are coming out all across the board. So Just, many layers of flavor. It, it was bizarre. So I thought, let's taste test a different version of candy corn mm-hmm. each week on Let's the show. It. Okay. I love it. I love this. So we missed last week because I just had this idea before we recorded right. or after we recorded Batman and Robin. So we're going to taste two, Jeff. I'm going to give you okay. yours. Okay. Thank so you. we're first going to taste, um, you know, it's, it's the American way where you take two delicious things and kind of mash them together when they don't really need to be mashed together. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, macaroni and cheese pizza. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't need to go together. Spaghetti sandwich. Spaghetti sandwich. Mom's spaghetti in Detroit. Yes. M&M's new theme restaurant. Yeah. So this first one <laughs> is nerds candy corn. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Do yes. you love or do you hate candy corn? Oh, I hate it. Okay. I'm a normal person with yes. a normal palate. But sure. Because... Uh, the comedian Lewis Black nailed it. I'm going to paraphrase this bit. Maybe I'll drop it in. But like, all the candy corn that was ever made was made back in 1966. <laughs> and that's it's it's just recirculating because we never eat enough of it. Because yeah. it tastes like shit. Yeah. Like how many bags of candy corn is Walgreens going to dump out and throw yeah. in the garbage that did yeah. not sell? I will never forget the first time my mother gave me candy corn. She said, Lewis, this is corn. And it tastes like candy. Oh, boy. This tastes like shit. My mother's fucking with me. So I grabbed another, and it tasted like shit, too. God, I love the Lewis Black candy corn bit. This tastes like shit. Like every year you try it, like it's something new yeah. and you're tricked. <laughs> yeah. Shit. But, but people love it. I've heard people say they love it. They, yeah. And if, you, and if you go to um, like I've in the past, I've used it as decoration. Like I have, yeah. I've made cup like pumpkin cupcakes with cream cheese frosting. Great combination. Mm-hmm. I put a little piece of candy corn on top. It's just so Halloween and fall, mm-hmm. but it's gross. Yeah, it's like those weird corn cobs at Thanksgiving. Like, you don't want to eat them, but they're there for decoration. Yeah. The multicolors. Yeah. The, the different it's colors. It's very strange. Okay. Anyways, so we're going to first taste Nerds candy corn. So um, I love Nerds. Do you like Nerds? I do like okay. Nerds. I remember them from my childhood. So let's take, um, so there's different flavors. Ooh. I'm going to take purple because usually I like grape things. I'm assuming this is grape. Oh, it's purple. I'm taking a blue. It's probably like a um, f- the, the flavor. It's colors blue and the flavors also blue. Mm-hmm. Blue raspberry. See if it tastes like blue. I mean, it definitely tastes like nerds. I don't think the texture of candy corn. Mm-mm. Oh, people are gonna hate this. Eating on the mic. Give me a second. I don't think the texture of candy corn is an ideal vehicle for the flavor of a nerd. There's something about it. You you expect it to be more vanilla-y. Yeah, A rounder flavor, not a sharp fruit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it works. Yeah, I, um, 
nerds are amazing and fine as is. So they didn't need to be in this like bigger, chewy, chalkier format. Yeah, I've I've interviewed a lot of chemists in my life uh, for work. I would love to talk to them about what makes candy corn candy corn, and if it's made <laughs> in fact with oil. Referring back to the Lewis Black bit, it'd be fun. So I would consider nerds candy corn. Uh, thinking about super fan Will when he talks mm-hmm. about most of our episodes, a uh, big swing and a miss. Yeah, I think I think so. Okay. Fla- as far as flavor goes, it's fine. It's just that texture yeah. takes you out of it, kind of like Kiefer Sutherland uh, in this movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> okay, second, um, we're doing Brock's. Is it Brock's? I think Brock's. 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 I think Brock's. they make the main candy corn. I believe. Yeah, old school. Old school candy corn. People, uh, OG in the game. And they have created a caramel apple candy corn. Can I just apologize for saying OG in the game? Yeah. Continue, please. Go ahead. So I love caramel apple flavored things just at this time. Like, have you ever had one of those caramel apple suckers where it's like a a green apple Jolly Rancher with caramel? I like those. Those were everywhere in high school for some reason. Yeah. For me. Early 2000s, those were a hit. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking this might be. But again, I don't know. Maybe we're going to find that it's the texture came from. Okay. So I'm going to take a green. There's there's green apples and red apples in the in the pack. I'm going to take green. I will do the same. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I like this one a little bit better because caramel is kind of chewy already. Yes. But the thing is, is that. We had one piece of candy. It's basically like two candy corn put together in the size. And I would never want to eat more than that. One piece. Right. And that is like, it's kind of like a caramel. It's a caramel apple in one bite, but it's all you need. Does anyone, wow, that's sweet. Does okay. anyone remember the bubble gum that came in a tiny milk carton? Yeah. It tastes like the apple flavor of that bubble gum. That's, that's. The apple flavor in this caramel apple mm-hmm. combination is identical to that flavor. I'm curious. I'm going to take a little bite of the red one. I want to see if it's like, see if it's any different. Yeah. Again, the texture is off putting to me because it's all it's all the same mm-hmm. vehicle for flavor. It's that texture. It's that slightly crumbly sugar. Uh, yeah. I don't know what. How do you describe it? It's nice because the the flavor of the Starburst really bring out a similar flavor in the Skittles. The red one is definitely not as tart, so they did try to make it more like a Macintosh apple or something as opposed to a green apple. Yes, the red is more caramel forward. Mm -hmm. Wow. But can you imagine, like, I have a whole bag of it where it's, you know, 50 pieces or something. But like I, I literally just ate like a quarter of that particular piece. It's so much. Caramel apples though are, they're a lot to take. Have you ever eaten a whole caramel apple? I mean, probably as a yeah little chubby preteen, but. I wouldn't say this is a big swing and a miss, but it's like, it's a lot. 
The flavor is closer to what you want from the texture of candy corn. Yeah. You got the caramel. How would you describe that? Caramel versus a, like a sharp, tangy fruit. Rounder, smoother. It is one of the shittiest tastes I've ever had in my mouth. So yeah, not, not, it's better than the nerds candy corn, yeah. but that's a lot in one tiny bite but to we're, take. Yeah. We're going to throw this bag out. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw them both out. Oh yeah. Just going to waste it all. So. Squir- squirrel food. All right. So thank you for joining me for Angie's Spooky Halloween Candy Taste Test Kitchen. I want it now. Caramel apple brocks are... Not exactly a bad egg. Nerds candy corn are a bad egg. It tastes like an old school candy that's been around for decades. Mm-hmm. It's got a warmth, a different kind of warmth, not flavor wise, but it feels familiar. Well, I have found two more flavors of candy corn to try. So we'll try one for the next, uh, each of the next two episodes this month. So stay tuned. And I'm going to try to minimize the sounds of food in our mouths. <laughs> Is it time to talk about today's movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boogity! 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 Boo! Don't you love it? Well, today we're talking about The Lost Boys, a comedy horror film that debuted in 1987 and was directed by Joel Schumacher. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Hot sex. Hot sex. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Mm -hmm. Or a vampire. Oh my god. So where are you? The fine nun? I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp steak. Drive it right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. Vampires are close to the smell. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Guy's fucking dog. Oh, oh. Oh. Was that it? Wow. Trailers are so different now. They used to just take their time and there's just the collection of scenes we think you'll like. Appreciate. (laughs) Now you got punches on the beat to the music. And like your favorite songs wow. sung by a children's choir in like dirge form. <laughs> but my, my least favorite thing is the like the the punches and kicks and gunshots to the beat of whatever music's playing. Yeah. Punch, 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 kick, explode, explode. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. All right. Teenage brothers Michael and Sam move with their mother to a small town in Northern California. While the younger Sam meets a pair of kindred spirits and geeky comic book nerds Edward and Alan, the angst-ridden Michael soon falls to Star, who turns out to be enthralled to David, leader of a local gang of vampires. Oh. Sam and his new friends must save Michael and Star from the undead. 
Michael is played by Jason Patrick. Sam by Corey Haim. The mother's played by Diane Wiest. Corey Feldman is Edward. Jameson Newlander is Alan. Jamie Gertz plays Star. And of course, Keeper Keeper Sofer Flint. Keeper Supperbland plays David. Kiefer Sutherland plays David. Way to go, my boy. Um, you know, we, we have to talk about the ratings. It's got a very healthy, robust 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the audience likes it even more. 85% from the audience. Flawed but eminently watchable, Joel Schumacher's team vampire thriller blends horror, humor, and plenty of visual style with standout performances from a cast full of young 80s stars. Wow. I love 80s stars that are young. There's no better star. Man, we've got fun facts up the wazoo for this one, huh? So we, we sort of teased it in the opening that this movie is tied to Santa Cruz, California, um, the fictional city of Santa Carla was filmed, you know, Mm -hmm. it's in real life, it's Santa Cruz. They really embrace it, even at a government level. Like when you go to the, when you go to visitcalifornia.com, there's a whole list of locations you can visit uh, that feature in the movie Lost Boys. It's really cool. It's like their biggest movie claim to fame or something. I think so. Hmm. There's also an Easter egg in the movie Us, which also takes place in Santa Cruz. That movie takes place in 86. And as the family is walking on the beach by the roller coaster, somebody says, oh, they're filming a movie here. Oh, so it's just a little, that's fun. A little sprinkle. So some locational tidbits there. And then it's it's something that people love so much is visiting things that were in movies or TV shows. Like I have been to the Father of the Bride house. I have been we have been to the Home Alone house. Good. I have been to the Friends apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Greenwich Village. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just it's so fun for some reason. Like you know they weren't filming inside these places, but they used it for a bunch of shots on the outside and there's something really fun about that. So the the only other one I'd like to see is Cameron's house from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Which again is in the Chicagoland area we could go visit. The Home Alone house was amazing. Like it was super crowded, but it was great to be outside there. Yeah, that was I I wasn't really expecting to be kind of so me neither. amazed by it, but um it was just it was the best. Like we went I don't in mid December, so it was holiday season obviously. And it just kind of gives you all the warm fuzzies that you want at Christmas time. It really does. And I don't go goo goo gaga for celebrity sightings. Like I don't really yeah. care. But this house just, I was transfixed. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. And it really put us in the holiday season. Please believe me, Santa, please. Um, I stumbled on this fun fact today. And maybe this is common knowledge to movie buffs. But okay, do you have any idea who Jason Patrick, star of today's film, is related to? Who he's related to? Yeah. No. Who's in his family? Talk about, uh, His father is Jason Miller, who he's a Pulitzer winning playwright. Wow. But we know him as the young priest, Father Damien in The Exorcist. That's his dad? That's Jason Patrick's father. Oh, that is so funny. Who I believe tragically died due to complications from alcohol abuse. But uh, 
he also shows up in a movie we're going to do later this month, Exorcist 3, which is bonkers, bananas, cuckoo wow. crazy. Wow, I can kind of see that in, yeah. in their faces Yep. when you say that now. His grandfather is even more impressive. It's Jackie Gleason, the late comic genius. Was Jason Patrick in a bunch of movies, do you know? Was he a star past this movie? I don't know anything about him. Before this movie, I was only familiar with him because of Speed 2 Cruise Control, <laughs> the horrible sequel to Speed, which many people think is one of the worst movies ever made. Apparently, he was a super hot up-and-coming star. I, mm-hmm. I read this article in Rolling Stone from 1990 that's just like documenting his yeah sudden rise to fame. Mm-hmm. He was hot shit for a while, and I never really realized that, but he was. Yeah. I mean, just looking at him in these pictures, you're like, oh, yeah, people were probably just like goo goo gaga over this guy in the 80s, for sure. Mm -hmm. Put him in everything. That's what they do. Do you have any memories from watching this? I do. I was sitting and thinking and ruminating, and I I think this was one of the first proper horror movies. I know it's a horror comedy, Mm -hmm. but I think it's one of the first purely horror movies I ever saw all the way through as a preteen. I mean, I think it was censored for cable TV, mm-hmm. but it was still scary. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like I'd seen Alien, Aliens, Predator, which are certainly scary, but they're not purely horror. Mm-hmm. And getting to the end of, of Lost Boys, I remember thinking, hey, I like this. I like to be scared. <laughs> it's fun sometimes to be scared by things. It's like somebody going, boo. Ah. It was like somebody going, boo. Ah. And I don't know why it took so long because I... This hit me the other day, too. This was kind of weird. When I was very young, like preschool age, yeah, I was obsessed with Freddy and Jason and At Leatherface. preschool? Yeah. Like... What? What do you mean? Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was obsessed. Even though I'd never seen the What's movies. What's wrong with you? It was like a remnant from a past life that hadn't, you know, floated away yet. Uh, it was so strange. I used to sit and draw these awful horror scenes with this other kid. This is all wrong. But no, I loved Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, just other hor- horror characters, Michael Myers. Good, good. I don't know why. What's wrong with you? How'd you turn out so normal? Uh, it's all a facade. So that that memory popped up, and I used to doodle these monsters in uh, hmm. uh, school. Interesting. That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. What is the matter with you? Well, I have never seen this movie, so I am very excited to see it. Yes. Because I've heard about it for a while. We've had it on our list to do for a while. And just in my new appreciation of scary movies, movies about vampires, movies about monsters and ghouls and goblins. I th- and this may be the first instance of sexy vampires on film. Sexy. Like I, I'm, I'm oh. wondering if without Lost Boys, do we have Twilight? I, I do mm. wonder. And we'll get into it. But. Okay. Well, I don't have any more questions, so let's watch the Lost Boys. Not bad, huh? This was the hottest resort in Santa Carla about 85 years ago. Too bad they built it on the fault. In 1906, when the big one hit San Francisco, the ground opened up, this place took a header, 
right into the crack. So now it's ours. So check it out. Kiefer Blakey. trying to sound like a surfer. <laughs> Took a header. Food. It's a stretch. That's what I love about this place. Totally radical. You ask, and then you get. Thank you. Yeah. Appetizer. Totally tubular. <laughs> Look, guys, my brother's not a bloodsucker. Look, it says here that if you kill the head <laughs> vampire, all half vampires will return to normal. Guys, if my brother's a vampire, believe Guys. me, he's only half. Does your brother know who that vampire is? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I love it. Then you'll have to kill him. Little and if kill. you don't, then we will. He's pushing his voice down on purpose, and it reminds me of what Elizabeth Holmes is doing with her voice. Who's Elizabeth Holmes? Uh, the founder of Ther oh, this woman, Ther who Theranos, who's first, on trial. First, they persecute you, <laughs> then you change the world. It's like he's talking uh, into a uh, talk boy. Uh, the father, <laughs> the father. Oh, okay. I think Corey Feldman is doing Rambo. Like I think it's the vampires were close. I could smell them. Like yeah. I don't do. Okay. I don't do a Stallone, but. I'm the law. Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Yeah. Jeff my, can do any voice, my really. My hand's all greasy, you know? I can do at least a B minus of almost any More voice. More than the average person. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> if you don't like it. And if you don't like it, you get the fuck out. What? Whoa. Whoa. Well, we sure had fun watching The Lost Boys. I tell you what. So we've we've got some notes and and thank you to tony baloney uh c2r research czar for supplementing that research i had to laugh at the subliminal casting going on by putting posters of jim morrison on the wall you know in in the proximity of jason patrick <laughs> playing echo and the bunny men's cover of people are strange <laughs> and the only thing on screen you see is jason patrick's face yeah, as if we wouldn't notice. It just it sounds like he was again in that in that Rolling Stone article from 1990. It, it sounds like he was guaranteed to play Jim Morrison, like he was the guy. Yeah, but he was he was involved in making After Dark, My Sweet. Uh, at the time, the Doors movie came together, so it was it's some some uh, crime thriller that actually has pretty good reviews that came out in 1990. Anyway. Um, we talked about Speed 2 Cruise Control. That was my reference point for Jason Patrick until we saw this movie. Um, I just didn't realize what an up-and-coming study was. Yeah, he reminds me of the the type of handsome that like Rob Lowe was at this time. Like that type of just... Sculpted, he, chiseled. He, he, you were putting that face in movies no matter Got what. You. Yeah. You look so good. Oh my gosh. Do you look at yourself? I like how spooky movies or thriller type movies mm -hmm. start out with a new family moving to town. Yeah. Like it's, it's such a good setup because they don't exactly know what to expect. So they're learning things. Um, so I, I really like how you're just getting set up with the boys and their mom coming to their kooky grandpa's house. Yeah. And then hanging out in like the local hotspots. Yeah. I love it. Dad? Looks like he's dead. No, he's just a deep sleeper. If he's dead, can we go back to Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> so they came from Phoenix. 
Okay. So you meet, yeah, there, you meet the grandpa, and uh, you've probably already heard this laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in the closet. The grandpa is such a blast. As soon as I saw him, I was like, this guy is one of the most vivacious people I've ever seen. And I had to look him up. Barnard Hughes. And I'm like, this guy, he may... have seen his face. He's either still alive or he lived a long, healthy, wonderful life. And I was right. He, He made it to 90. He died in 06. But I was just like, this guy is spry and loving life. And it's just infectious, that that feeling when he's on screen. He's an old fat crapper man. I recognized him right away from a movie that we have yet to do, but Sister Act 2. He plays one of the priests. Cool. Because I knew I've like, I've seen this guy's face before. So I was looking through and I'm like, well, never heard of any of these things, but Sister Act 2. So I'm pretty sure that's, that's what it was. Speaking of priests... I love vampire stories because you get a little bit of religion with it. Just a just a hint of it. Yes. It just makes the stakes higher. And I like religion in movies when it's against the backdrop of pure archetypal capital E evil, like the exorcist, mm-hmm. like in Fright Night. If you hold up a cross to a vampire, it only works if you really believe. <laughs> and... Unfortunately, it's the world that evangelical Christians and QAnon believers actually live in. Like, this is what they yeah, think like, of religion. But anyway, like, I like it in movies. Like, you can't believe in God without believing in Satan, right? Right. Is that like one of the... I feel like that's something I've heard around satanic panic yes. research. Like, yes. That's that's why people believe in this. Because you, you have to believe in both sides because then what's the point? Like, yeah. it doesn't have any... Wait. Exactly. Yeah. We can't just have a loving force in the universe. There has to be, <laughs> you know, baby eating going on. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't understand, but that's been happening since the 1300s, as we've talked about on this podcast, that cycle of behavior. Anyway, get on with it. This is the second movie in a row that Kiefer Sutherland has taken me out of with his performance choices. <laughs> he was such a distraction in this movie with his pronunciation of Michael. Michael. Keep their feet for self reflect. Yeah, just go down the drink this Michael, Michael chant. Take it easy, Michael. <laughs> drink some of this, Michael. Drink some of this, Michael. Wait, who who mumbles? I don't know. It surprises me. Who's a better mumbler? Drink some of this, Michael. <laughs> drink some of this, Michael. Drink some of this. I don't know. Uh, it surprises me. But yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer, 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 Kiefer. Knock it off. Kiefer Sutherland. So distracting. Michael! 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 You want a bus, bud? Take it easy, Michael. Where's Star? David. Just names. Initiation's over, Michael. <laughs> it's time to join the club. <laughs> They say Michael so many times in this movie. How many times? Yeah, go ahead. I asked Twitter how many times Michael said in this movie, and now I'm blanking on the exact number, but someone responded with a supercut of every single time that 
Kiefer says Michael. Yes. Or I think everyone says Michael. Movies 360, 365 was the account. Yeah. And they, I believe they have the definitive supercut on YouTube, which we'll put <laughs> in the show notes. Thank you, Movies 360, yeah. 365. Michael, according to our research department, is said nearly 70 times throughout the film. I think Tony Baloney lost count at 67. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone. <laughs> it's. I got to thinking about this. Um, yeah. Because we watched, I don't remember what we were watching later on. It was not a Halloween movie, nothing for this show. But it was someone talking. And I feel like it's a thing they do in movies and shows where you say the name when you normally wouldn't say someone's name. Like how many right. times do I say your name, Jeff? Like Let's once face a week? It, Jeff, you're never going to clean up your room. Yeah. No one's arguing that with you, Jeff. Like yeah. it's it's just to get your attention mm-hmm. instead of saying, hey, oi. Or it, it's, um, it just got me thinking about how people's names are inserted into scripts so right. many more times than what's natural, but it's it, it's needed for certain reasons, you know? You got to reinforce. Yeah. Because dumb, dum-dums like us who don't pay attention, you got to reinforce the character's name. I, I mean, <laughs> how many times do we watch? Like, I love that movie. What's his name? Um, I'll, I'll watch a whole series. <laughs> we'll be mid-series, and I'm like, who, who that main character? <laughs> who is that? What's his name? This was just unreal with how many times. And I know that's obviously not a new thought, but for someone watching it for yeah. the first time, it was like, okay, what? This is this is weird. You don't refer to someone by name like that. and In every sentence. And you don't say the word besides. The word besides only exists, I feel like, in movies <laughs> and TV because it's the best way to set up expository dialogue. <laughs> besides, you and I both know that that vampire attack last November left you sterile. You know, just yeah. besides. Besides, we all know you wet the bed last Christmas. Like, it's just the best way to set up expository dialogue. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. But where I was going originally, uh, this is the second movie in a row that Kiefer has taken me out of. The first was Dark City from 1997, which is like a proto-matrix that you should check out just for the aesthetics. It's kind of cool. Because in that film, he has a certain cadence to his dialogue, Michael and I. Wanted to tell you, Michael. Jesus Christ! It's not an effective choice as an actor. I don't like it. I don't yeah, it's like bad. it. It's distracting. It's a distraction. Look who knows so much, huh? So I like. Uh, again, we were talking about how new family in town, and the little, the younger brother Sam. They're kind of setting him up. Um. Early on, when he's hanging out in the new town, meeting people that he might be the one to help save the day. Got a problem, guys? Just scope in your civilian wardrobe. Pretty cool, huh? For a fashion victim. Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. That's a very serious book, man. Oh, Only five in existence. Whoa. Four, actually. I'm always looking out for the other three. Um, actually? Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered red kryptonite yet. And you, uh, you can't put the number 98s with the 300s. Lori Lamaris hasn't even been introduced. Where the hell are you from? 
Krypton? <laughs> Phoenix, actually. But lucky me, we moved here. Read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. New Kid in Town, kind of starting to get, you know, not bullied, but just mm-hmm. like, who's this new kid? He's getting scoped out. Yeah, scanned. scoped out. Yeah. They're categorizing who and what this kid is mm-hmm. the way only kids can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. In often cruel ways. My favorite part of the movie is Sam, for sure. I mean, yeah. he is the hero. He puts these pieces together and is mm-hmm. able to save Michael from being a half vampire. So, yep. but I, uh, it kind of reminds me of what I like about monster house and, uh, super eight, like just the, the middle school kids figuring out yes. the, the plot and, you know, saving, saving the day, putting all these like things they've read in comic books and cartoons yep. and, Whatever, putting it together and figuring out what's going on. They, I mean, it's a classic thing. They did their research. Yeah. And they uh, they figured out how to kill denizen, denizens of the night. It's pretty great. And super soakers are in Monster House. Yeah. Just like they're in this movie. Yes. It's always like a, a, a super soaker. You, you take from the things and the toys that you have that yep. can be useful. They work with what they have. Yes. They're so resourceful. They're so resourceful. And I mean, just like in Ernest Scared Stupid, they use super soakers filled with milk to get those trolls. My favorite use of a super soaker, for sure. Yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid. Definitely. As driver of a garbage truck, I feel like captain of my own ship, master of my own fate, able to make my own rules, a man above the law. Uh-oh. But yeah, Monster House, I mean, we'll talk about it in a couple episodes, but... Mm-hmm. They use that to fight the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first get introduced to the Lost Boys, yes, it it hit home. <laughs> I, it felt so familiar because it's kind of what I feel like youths are when you come across them. They're always in packs. Local youths. Yo, local youths. They're 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 always in packs because I you know I'm out for a walk or doing something just by myself. Mm-hmm. At least three of them together at all times. They're always in packs. And, and they're, t- they're tall and yeah. muscly and full of hormones. And like a pack of teenagers would tear me apart if they decided to turn on us. Yeah. And and that's why I advocate <laughs> for open carry laws. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you got to watch out for teenagers. And I just know um, because uh, my uh, David and all in the, you know, his crew, the Lost Boys are just tormenting people on a fair ride on the carousel. Yeah. And that's just what I envision youths doing. If I, if I don't like cross the street or something, like I just envision them like circling around being loud. Um, maybe not like, you know, not, not doing anything physical, but just intimidating you indirectly. And it scares me. Yeah. I was, (laughs) Are you all vampires? During the first, uh, probably they they share many attributes. Yep. They sleep all day. <laughs> they sure as hell uh, don't groom themselves all the time. They're greasy looking, pasty, playing up, video games in mom's basement all night. Up to no good at nighttime. Up to no good. Probably drinking blood. Oh, jeez. We, we saw just, a couple of youths in the alley last night coming home. Yeah, from anniversary she, dinner. Yeah, was she drinking out of? Uh, was there blood in that? 
Tito's vodka bottle she was I holding? I believe it know. was absolute orange. <laughs> it was some sort of flavored vodka. Or maybe I just imagined it. But I don't trust the youth. You willed it into existence in her hand. I know so many impressive Zoomers. But there's a lot of duds out there as well. <laughs> and we drove past Most, some. Most are secret vampires. Yeah. Um, but like that reminds me last, like over the first summer of the pandemic, I was jogging outside and this like SUV full of kids Uh. stopped short a couple feet in front of me, a couple yards in front of me. And this girl gets out the window and sprays water out of her mouth. Like, like, um, who, who did that in the wrestling ring? Ultimate warrior. (laughs) They were just spraying water out of their mouth so so that it came out like vapor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a, it was like a spit take yeah. out the window. For And I don't know why she did it, but I was like, okay, there's 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 a super spreader event happening in front of me. There's oh. that, that vapor is probably full of COVID. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm going the other way. Yep. You fucking kids. Yeah. Get out of here. I'll get your damn kids for this. You're all going to die. Yeah, it makes me it makes me so uncomfortable. I mean, I don't I don't like they scare me. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian or a vampire, <laughs> are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, sniffing don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> you don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Yeah. Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. Oh, shit. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sam has met some interesting folks. Yes, he has. But they're going to come in handy later, a little bit. They sure are. Yeah. You drank someone's blood? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely, Sam is definitely the funniest part of this movie. That's why this movie is a comedy. Yeah, I like Sam a lot. Yeah, I just, um, again, I think charismatic kid, it's it's fun when they're able to find the he's, right character. He's the palate cleanser you need yeah. after listening to Kiefer. Yes, oh my gosh. And staring at Jason Patrick just brooding all day. <laughs> As he transforms into a vampire. Don't kill me, Mike. I'm basically a good kid, so just don't kill me. <laughs> I can help you. Just tell me who the head vampire is. I thought it was Max, but I was wrong. Just work with me, and I can help you. You'll be okay. Michael. <laughs> but yeah, he figured it out. Yeah. He's honest that he's he's an okay kid. Like, just, you know, let him help. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's figuring out. Being a teenager, just like the rest of yeah. us. Okay, okay. So, who ends up being the the actual head vi- vampire? It's the guy, the Gilmore Girls dad. Right? Dad from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I'm not even gonna bother looking up his name. Yeah, Ed- Edward or. It's got to be Edward. Something. I'm just kidding. I want to. I want to know. <laughs> Edward Herman. Oh, is Edward? Yeah, or Herman. Edward Herman. Yeah, he is the owner of the video store, which has a sweet wall of TVs in the background, kind of like Less Than Zero, the party of at Less Than... Oh, yeah. Kind of like the party scene in Less Than Zero. Yeah. The wall of TVs. I love that effect. 
Um, and he's a murderous vampire, you know. And his dog almost kills sweet little Diane Weist. I don't, I don't appreciate that. Yeah, he latches onto her right away. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, new, new in town. I'm new in town. <laughs> no, hold back, hold back. Single. Yeah. And single mother. Yep. So. <laughs> Instant vulnerability. Now I don't know much about vampires, but no. Is this something that's uh, consistent in other vampire movies where if you're a half-blood and you kill the head vampire, the half-bloods are like freed from being a vampire? Is that in the vampire handbook? I think they were keeping just enough of the old lore but updating it for the 80s. Yeah. Like we we think of vampires as stuffy old dignitaries almost. Right. Like in They're counts, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... You know, they made him, Joel Schumacher wanted a brat pack of vampires, and that's mm-hmm. what he got. Mm-hmm. He wanted sexy teenagers, which I'm sorry to say that out loud, but that's how it was phrased. What are you suggesting, my dear man? In the second season of Stranger Things, when Eleven meets up with other people, other kids like her. Yes. I wonder if they pulled from that, if... Because, I mean, again, that show is just pulling from all these movies yep. and putting it together. But the group of kids she comes across, just the style, the attitude. I mean, they're not vampires, but they're... Psychic misfits. Yeah. yeah. There's a Stephen Kingy, Joshua Mockery yeah. gumbo going on in those characters. But Eleven, the the outfit that she puts together yes. when she's in that episode, it, it reminds me a lot of... The, the Lost Boys. Very so. Lost Boys. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. We haven't forgotten about Jamie Gertz as star, but I don't. There's not much to say about that character, right? No, because it's like her and and Michael are instantly attracted to each other. She's a half half vampire. She's kind of you know stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really weird love scene. Oh, that's right. Ugh. It looked like the, the love scene in the room to me. Oh. With like the canopy bed and the like the flowy sheets mm-hmm. or the flowy curtains. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> Except, <laughs> you know, far less R&B music and no steroid butt cheeks to oh, look at. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I feel like she's sleeping a lot of the time. Like he's always yeah. finding David's or I'm sorry, Michael's always trying to find her. Like she's always tired. Yeah. She didn't have much to say. No. As far as I can recall, but they meet at one, one of the great concert scenes in all of cinema <laughs> featuring, you know, him, you'll love him. The lost boys, sax man. I was shocked to learn in Tony Baloney's research materials that the sax man is a real performing artist. There is a buff, greasy man. Uh, What kind of buff is this? Like, this is like. It's like HGH steroid kind of buff. Like, he's a hunk of meat. He's huge. Yeah. So big. I mean, good for him. Long hair, tight jeans. I I couldn't believe that was a real touring musician. He was he was with Tina Turner for more than a decade. Oh my god! He toured with her, went to the studio with her. 
it's just his hip gyrations are so exaggerated <laughs> and upsetting. <laughs> and he wasn't, you know, I we've talked about it. I'm a sax man myself. Oh yeah. At least I used to be. You're a sax man. I, you know, played at many a wedding and uh college bar. But he wasn't wearing a neck strap. He was just holding it free range. Isn't that in- impossible? I would think it was because no matter how strong you are, you need your forearms free for the, the dexterity needed to play the saxophone. Unless you're like him and just playing long, held out, wailing notes in the air. Yeah. Like pointing up at the sky. Like, Do we know? <laughs> whatever. Do we know if that was just for the movie or if he really played without a strap like that? That I cannot say. Hmm. I have a feeling he really played that way, though. And I feel like it made crowds go nuts because crowds go nuts for the things that have nothing to do with the music. Yeah. Oftentimes. Anyway, that's Tim Capello. And he's 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 part of what made the saxophone like an irresistible Internet meme. Well, Jeff, I mean, just tell us now that that was why you started playing the saxophone. I mean, just own up to it. I wish I could. <laughs> But I was already playing the saxophone by the time I saw this movie. So mm. I can't tell you what what made me pick it up. Yeah. I think it was the theme song from Alf. <laughs> I think that had to be it. <laughs> Does that mean uh, we are or uh, we are? We are. Well, then let's act like friends. Okay. I have a real issue with the mom in mm-hmm. this movie. I feel like that interaction is something that Michael's going to need a lot of therapy for later. It's a little dysfunctional. In life. A little toxic. That's, that's not a functional I mean, does this does this remind you of how it was with you, your mom and Matt? <laughs> like one older brother and the mom. I'm just kidding. Well. <laughs> you can cut that out. I mean, my brother was pretty jacked in high school. Because, um, you know, they show that scene of Jason Patrick walking in with the barbell and immediately doing bicep curls. <laughs> But no, my mom was not trying to be my friend or my equal. She was trying to be a mom. But I mean, so one. let's let's count off the similarities. Okay. Uh, you, you, you had an older brother. You check. Uh, he, he was buff. Confirmed. In high school, he was buff, yes. You liked comic books. Sure did. Um, I never had an encyclopedic have- knowledge... Like this kid, like you can't put the Batman number 90 next to the 143. Like I didn't, I wasn't that level. Is that the difference between a geek and a nerd? I think I was more of a geek. I'm not sure. To be, to be debated. Nerds have a working knowledge of things. Geeks are just fanboys who immerse themselves deeply. There's there's a distinction there. I'm not sure what it is. Anyway. Yeah. Cause he definitely had the cool style. Yeah. Sam was a cool, like he looked like. He, he, he was kind of like you because mm-hmm. you mentioned that you can kind of, you can interact with any type of click and group like That's you can kind true. of mold to different ones. And he was, uh, he was fooling yep. 
the kids right away like, oh, the yogurt shop's over there. Yeah, exactly. I was much like Blade from Marvel Comics. I was a daywalker. I could walk in the day, but hang out with the vampires at night. Like I existed among, I drifted from click to click, never really attaching myself to one. Yeah. Okay. So we've got one, a few similarities. Um, you didn't live with a grandfather, but you lived with a grandmother. A grandmother, yes. Yeah, so you lived with a grandparent. She would always ask, do you just want to watch TV? Um, her mind was not as sharp as Barnard in this film. <laughs> By the time she moved in with us, yes. Keep going. Um, okay. And she didn't laugh like this. <laughs> But she would stop you walking past and say, do you just want to watch TV? Even though she just asked you 30 yeah. seconds ago. And I'd say, nope. And then final similarity. I mean, your your mom dated a guy from a video store that was a vampire, right? Um, That's correct. Okay. No, uh, she did not date a vampire. Mm. That would have been kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy across the street who uh, was interested and uh, I think he had some Shady things in his life, but I don't know if he was a vampire. Mm, okay. Walter. Mm. I'll tell you sometime about Walter. Um, briefly, uh, Tony Baloney would like to shout out Greg Canham, the the makeup artist in this film. No vampires looked like this before this film. They yeah. were just like sexy punk rock vampires. It was incredible makeup. It would be such a cool halloween costume because you can kind of get those super cool 80s jackets and accessories but then do some cool vampire makeup with your you know mullet wig Mm -hmm. i did like i liked that a lot because again vampires from what i've seen mostly looked a lot different so and and look at this resume greg canham has worked on Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Cool. The greatest, <laughs> the greatest old person makeup I've ever seen, arguably. My favorite. He's done The Mask with Jim Carrey. <laughs> the nice. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Ugh. I mean, say I'm what fucking, you will. The I know. Is, the make yeah. was great, but I really hate that movie. I know. A lot. I know. And Vice, the you know the story of Dick Cheney starring Christian Bale. That's yeah. fantastic makeup. I am sure. But when Gary cool. Oldman is old Dracula and he has the weird butt hair, yeah, uh-huh. that that weird hairstyle that looks like a like a butt. Uh-huh. Have I made that clear that it looks like a butt? It looks like a butt. It's the best old person makeup I've ever seen. Nice. This conversation has a real flow to it. So shout out to Greg Canham. Best in the biz. I think we've got to put Joel Schumacher in the C2R Hall of Fame. My favorite. Yeah. Third movie that we've yeah. done. We've done two of his Batman. Batman. <laughs> Batman Forever and Batman and Robin we just covered. Batman. And now now his like costume party flamboyant style is perfect in this movie. It's perfect for the 80s. It just works so yeah. well. I love the costumes in this movie. I mean, I've seen plenty of 80s movies. Like, things look can look really cool, but it just really... They really got the the vampire, teenage vampire look Mm -hmm. down. So good. And it could have worked with Batman, but I think... I think true fans of Batman want it to be taken more seriously. I, I don't know. Which is a shame, but it's like... 
in the 90s, you're getting into blacklight territory and it just doesn't look good on film. <laughs> no, no, no. But we love Joel Schumacher. So welcome, Joel. And we just lost you. R.I.P. But you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> this Hall, is Hall of Fame. fame. Yes. You're a Hall of Famer. Happy to have him. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Are there other Joel Schumacher movies that we have on our list that you think we'll get to? I don't know that we'll do another one from him. I'm just looking at the filmography. He did Falling Down, Phone Booth, A Time to Kill, which is fantastic, oh, wow. but not really right for yeah, our purposes. Yeah, we wouldn't do that. The but... Client is great. Oh, he did that too. I like that movie. What is that movie? And, and this is just every movie he's involved with. I don't know if he's, what, I don't know what he's directed, what he's oh, produced, what he's written, but yeah. Um, Phantom of the Opera from 2004. That makes sense. Hmm. Eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Cool. Well, we'll see. Just a moment of acknowledgement for Corey Haim and Corey Feldman and the, the difficulties that they've had and the atrocities that they've been through in the business. You can look it up on Wikipedia. It's all awful. And Charlie Sheen is involved, and we just want to acknowledge what they went through. Uh, Tony Baloney remembers that when Corey Haim died, there was a big controversy over him being left off the Oscars in memoriam segment, oh. which is some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a moment of That's acknowledgement. Just let's take a moment to remember that this magical cinematic world we live in attracts some very damaged people, and we should. We should uh, keep them in our thoughts. All right. Back to the business at hand. I think we've nailed the analysis. Oh, the obviously. We have talked about things that no one has ever talked about on a podcast about this movie. We are awash in a world of movie magic, and we navigate it like no one else <laughs> before or since. And now it's time to decide if this movie would be cool or cruel to rewind. So on three... Shall we both decide? Mm-hmm. I think we. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's. Let's let's do it. On three, two, one. Cool. I'm so happy. It's like somebody going boo. <laughs> I. Will you hit that again? <laughs> It's like somebody going boo. Ah. <laughs> I warn you, uh, this could scare you. Too late, Art. We're already scared. All right. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, this is a great Halloween movie. It's and it's classically cool. Like you got leather jackets, you got punk haircuts. Yeah. You got Jason Patrick you got the looking best like of Jim the 80s. Morrison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Morrison looking Jason Patrick. Unbelievable. I loved Sam's character. Yeah. Saving the day. Yes. It was a blast. Sam rules. And you can get over some of the annoying parts like we've talked about. And it's okay. Yes. There's a lot of great things to love about this movie. There is. There's a sax man <laughs> who, I don't know if he ruined the saxophone or put it up on a pedestal or both, but... Uh, we salute you, sax man. <laughs> Hats off to Tim Capello, the sax man. All right. Well, Spookum's edition is off and running. Uh, we love this time of year, and thank you for joining us on the spooky ride. Uh, what did we miss? What did you like about this episode? What did you hate? You can interact with us. It's okay. You can send us an email. 
at cruel to rewind the number two cruel to rewind at gmail.com or leave us a message at you're gonna like the way you look yeah leave a message it's fun rate us wherever you can it helps it proves that we exist give us five stars somewhere or four i would take four stars yeah but I won't accept anything under three. There's always room for improvement. So there is, there truly is. Also just tell your friends or just lock yourself in the bathroom, turn the lights off and say cruel to rewind in the mirror three times. (laughs) Oh mother of God, I'm coming apart. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's very upsetting and stressful. You can follow us on all the social things at Cruel to Rewind, especially TikTok. Yeah, get on that TikTok train. It's going to be fun. We're going to make Jeff a TikTok star. We've got a video up there to celebrate the the start of the spooky season. So um, give us a follow and a like and things and a share. Yeah. And you can find all of this on our website, CruelToRewind.com, of course. All right, folks, thank you for listening. Don't forget to take your vitamins, but uh, save room for candy because it's that time of year. If you like candy corn, you like that? Act that way. Eat it. It's fine if you like it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to judge you. Uh, Make a new friend. Work out twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Khan. Was star. Don't let anybody put a hamburger in your bed. Stay cruel out there. And happy rewinding. Not even on the beat. <laughs> He's rushing. It's fun. It, 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 it's fun. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, cruel world. Bye-bye, cruel world. Goodbye to life. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 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 Keep the fever so for